Welcome to Dinger Derby, the only podcast completely devoted to Texas Tech baseball. Join your host, Keith Patrick, every week for team news, guests, ranking updates, and game reports from opening weekend all the way through Omaha. We'll be hitting taters with the Red Raiders all season long. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome into the Dinger Derby podcast, the only podcast devoted 100% to Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. My goodness, what a weekend it was for the Red Raiders as they hosted the Oklahoma State Cowboys who came into Dan Lawfield at Rip Griffin Park leading the Big 12. So two series in a row, the Red Raiders host the Big 12 leader. They dropped Baylor two games out of three and then here sweep the Cowboys placing themselves directly in second place in the Big 12, a game and a half behind the Baylor Bears, who have continued to take care of business around the conference. Saw an absolute explosion of downloads in the last couple weeks, so I just want to say thank you and welcome to all the new folks that are out there listening. I'm glad you found the Dinger Derby podcast. Please tell your friends about it that are Red Raider baseball fans. Please continue to listen, rate, review, and subscribe us. You can find us on any platform that you get podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, iTunes, you name it, we're out there. So please continue to listen. We appreciate it. I'm sure things will begin to heat up quickly as the Red Raiders start to look towards the postseason. But let's talk a little bit about this Oklahoma State Cowboys series. Well, the Red Raiders came out hot out of the gates against the Cowboys on Friday Oklahoma State scored first. They had one run in the first. Texas Tech responded with a run of their own in the bottom of the first. Gabe Holt hit a leadoff double to center field. That's multiple games that we've seen Gabe Holt get back on track. He's been hitting leadoff hits to lead off the game, to lead off innings. He's just really started to find his groove. It's good to see Gabe Holt out there putting barrels to balls. Brian Klein grounded out, but that scored the speedy Gabe Holtz, and that's what scored that first run in the first. But it was the third that was the real storyline for the day for the Red Raiders. Once again, I believe the 11th time this season, the Red Raiders score six or more runs in an inning. It started off with Braxton Fulford singling up the middle. That leadoff single so important, especially from your nine-hole hitter. Gabe Holt follows that with a single of his own, so you put runners on the corners. And then Dylan Noisy steps in and hits a triple to left center, scoring both Holt and Fulford. That's Dylan Noisy's sixth triple of the season. That puts him in the top ten in the country, I believe number six in triples. So really nice to see Dylan Noisy. He has been such a great offensive and defensive addition to this team. Really gets out there and swings it. Brian Klein followed that with a walk. Brian Klein has just continued to be clutch for the Red Raiders this season. He is doing such a great job out there. He's the only other Red Raider ranked in the top 10 in an offensive category, and that's in sacrifice flies. Brian Klein just playing so unselfishly, scoring runs however he can, getting on base however he can. Josh Young stepped in after Brian Klein. He's been batting cleanup for the last few weeks after making the switch to shortstop. He's single to right field, scoring Dylan Noisy. Brian Klein advances. Cameron Warren wears a pitch after that, and so he walks to first, and you have the bases loaded. So right there in the third inning, you run Jensen Elliott, the Cowboys starter. He was the one that pitched that gym against the University of Texas, a one-hit complete game shutout of the Longhorns a couple weeks ago. So huge deal to get into their pin by the third inning. 
you kick Elliott out of the game. Cody Masters strikes out against the new pitcher, and then Cole Stillwell steps in, your DH, and he doubles to left center field. That's a bases-clearing double, scoring Cam Warren, Josh Young, and Brian Klein. All of a sudden, the Red Raiders in full control of that game, and they never look back. It was a really good night offensively for Texas Tech. They tacked on another in the fifth on a Braxton Fulford single to right field. That scored Max Marshock, who had singled to right center and then stole second, and then he advanced to third on an error by the catcher. So Max Marshock out there still with some good heads-up base running. His batsman swinging a little bit better as well. Good to see him start getting hot. That's definitely speed you love to have out there on the base paths in addition to guys like Noisy and Gabe Holt. Red Raiders tacked on one more in the seventh to continue extending their lead after giving up two in the sixth to the Cowboys. That one was another leadoff hit. Cameron Warren stepped in and he homered one of his patented shots to left center field. So there's a solo shot for Cameron Warren. And then in the eighth inning, another big inning for the Red Raiders scoring three you had Braxton Fulford and Gabe Holt ended up hitting out, and then Dylan Noisy gets a single to right field. So with two outs, you've got a man on. Brian Klein singles to second base and ends up getting on. It was such a hot shot from Brian Klein that it went off the end of the glove of the second baseman out into right field, so it was not ruled an error. But you end up with runners at second and third from that hit, and then Josh Young steps in and hammers one to left field. A three-run home run by Josh Young, and that puts it away for good. Gives the Red Raiders plenty of cushion, and it ends up being a 12-4 game. They out-hit the Cowboys 13-11. to Cowboys did have one error. They left eight stranded. Red Raiders only left five. Just good clutch hitting by Texas Tech. Some two-out work going on. Good work on the base pass, stealing, and advancing on errors. I mean, overall, just a really nice day. From the pitching standpoint, Micah Dallas got the start on the bump. He went five and a third, nine hits, four runs, all of them earned, two walks, and eight Ks. Micah Dallas really looked strong on the day. He had a 374 ERA when he exited the game. He had thrown 97 pitches. Really a good outing for him. He continues to turn in quality work for Texas Tech. We learned that Dane Haveman's name has been mispronounced by everyone all season. His name is Dane Haveman. So Haveman steps in in relief. He goes two and two-thirds. He allows two hits, no runs, no walks. He has six Ks. Don't normally see as many strikeouts from Haveman, so that was nice to see him out there really feeling it as well. He went 44 pitches deep, and then Ryan Sublette came in for the final inning, and he turns in no hit, no run baseball, one walk, three Ks. Just of good, solid baseball as well. So Havman continues to lead the team in appearances on the season. Micah Dallas has solidified himself as your Friday night starter. And you have Ryan Sublette, who's turning in quality relief outings, something that he really had struggled with last season. So a nice weapon coming out of the pen. And we've seen him really put on the gas, too, and bump 98 out there. So Sublette, definitely a guy that you like to have in your back pocket for when you need him. As I said, the clutch hitting on the day and really the weekend was the story of Red Raider success. You had some really strong things there. You had four two-out RBIs, something that you've struggled with. The Cowboys had none. The Red Raiders hit 361 on the day overall. Cowboys only 314, but more importantly, with two outs, the Red Raiders hit 364. With runners on, they hit 368. And with runners in scoring position, they hit 417. And probably my favorite thing to see 
from this Texas Tech team as they heat up. Leadoff hitters for the Red Raiders hit a smooth 500 on the day. So as you look down a stat line and you see numbers continue to get bigger and bigger in more clutch situations, you couldn't be happier with that. It was really a solid job. The Red Raiders hit 667 with runners on third and less than two outs, 500 in bases loaded situations, and when there were advancement opportunities of 550. So just took full advantage of the Cowboys. I know when I talked about them on the podcast last week, I had a friend message me and go, dang, they sound really tough. I think they are a tough team. I don't think the Cowboys have been pretenders. I think they have a pretty solid lineup. They had good pitching. We had seen what their pitching was able to do before, but I also think that they had their weaknesses and the Red Raiders certainly exposed those on Friday and definitely on Saturday and then came back Sunday with a strong performance as well. So speaking of Saturday, Caleb Killian gets the start on the bump that day. Once again, just turns in a fantastic performance. He goes six full innings pitched, four hits, two runs. They're both earned one walk, eight Ks again from Caleb Killian, 59 strikes in his 89 pitches, walks out with a 422 ERA overall. But Killian has just been absolutely fantastic over his last seven starts, has been so strong for Texas Tech. Taylor Floyd came out two innings in relief, just a one-hit baseball. He allows one walk. He has four strikeouts. D1 Baseball specifically talked about Floyd on their podcast this week. They called him electric, and he really was. His slider was working so well. He did a really good job setting batters up, really had good pitchability out there. It was good to see Floyd doing such a good job. He's always been kind of a strikeout guy. He got four in two innings, but he was just so strong in relief. And then Hunter Dobbins came in for the final inning, Pure shutout baseball, all zeros across the board with one strikeout. Really a good job by Dobbins. So Caleb Killian gets the win. He improved to 7-2 and two on the season. There was no save opportunity there. So in that one, the Red Raiders played two in the first to Oklahoma State zero. Gabe Holt reached on an error by the second baseman, and then Dylan Noisy singled. He ended up advancing to second by an error by the left fielder, putting Gabe Holt on third. So the Cowboys really giving some free passes. They end up with four errors on the day. Really a tough day for them. They only had five hits all day Saturday. After Brian Klein struck out, Gabe Holt ends up scoring on a wild pitch. There's an unearned run there. Dylan Noisy advances to third. Josh Young draws a walk, and then Cameron Warren steps in and singles through the right side, scoring Dylan Noisy and advancing Josh Young. He had a couple of strikeouts to follow that, but you did some damage there, two runs in the first. Oklahoma State got a couple of runs in the second, and then the Red Raiders responded again with two more in the third. You had a leadoff double from Brian Klein, and then Josh Young once again homers to center field with a two-run shot. Josh Young just really stroking it out there. That was three games in a row, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, that Josh Young had multi-hit days. Saturday was particularly impressive. His line on Saturday was three for three with two RBI, three runs scored. He had a double and a home run, and he drew two walks. Josh Young just so strong on Saturday, and you know I hope that Texas Tech media remembers that this is still a team and that there's a lot of guys on this team that deserve a lot of credit. I love seeing them highlight the the top performers. Josh Young was certainly a top performer on Saturday, but there are also important contributors out there. And I've noticed that Texas Tech media really likes to ride the star storyline. And I wish that they could get a little bit more from these other guys because Josh Young home runs and Cameron Warren home runs aren't 
multi-run home runs if you're not highlighting the guys that got their way on base one way or the other before that. A bases clearing double or triple is much less special by Dylan Noisy if you're not highlighting the guys ahead of him like Gabe Holt and Braxton Fulford that are getting on base so much. You know, you have a lot of star talk that comes from national media. They always want to look at the stars. They want to talk about the big draft picks. But the in-house media, like Texas Tech media itself, should be highlighting everybody, highlighting all these guys and their contributions to the team. And I'm not saying everybody gets a trophy, but I mean, you know, let's highlight all these guys and we don't have to ride the star power. This team is already in our backyard and someone we love. So we want to see everybody get their equal billing. I'm not trying to throw shade at Tech Media. They do an amazing job. But now that basketball's over and they have time to focus on baseball, I hope we'll see some highlights and some communication and push about a lot of these guys because some of them are going to be gone next year. And I want the opportunity to see them shine and to learn more about them and see their performances really highlighted by the in-house media folks. So the Red Raiders played those two in the third, and then it's three scoreless innings for both teams. And then in the seventh, Texas Tech gets rolling again. Taylor Floyd comes in and tosses two shutout innings in a row for Oklahoma State, but the Red Raiders get three apiece in the seventh and eighth. So you had Brian Klein with a leadoff walk in the seventh. And then once again, Josh Young with a double to right center, putting Brian Klein on third. And then again, Cameron Warren singles through the right side with a two RBI hit, scoring both Josh Young and Brian Klein. Cole Stillwell grounds out, then Parker Kelly reaches on an error. That scores Cameron Warren unearned. Just really a solid effort by these guys. It comes back around to Gabe Holt, who actually ends up singling again. Max Marshock had singled as well and advanced him to second, and Parker Kelly was on third after reaching on that error, but a final ground out ends the inning and you strand three aboard. But that's okay because you've done some damage, and that's what you really need to do. It's baseball. You're not going to get every runner home as much as you want to, but the fact that you scored three in an inning was great, and then you followed up and do it again. After a Brian Klein walk, a Josh Young walk, and a Cameron Warren walk, you end up bases loaded. You've got a relief pitcher in, obviously, at that point for Oklahoma State, and they walk in the run, so the eighth run of the game scores on an RBI walk to Cole Stillwell. There's a pitch and change. And then you have Parker Kelly reaching on a fielder's choice. But Josh Young ends up scoring on an error by the catcher and an assist by the third baseman. So an unearned run scores there. And Red Raiders take advantage of just sloppy infield defensive play by the Cowboys. And then Braxton Fulford, he grounds out, but it's an RBI ground out as he scores Cameron Warren from third and advances the runners. So once again, three in a row there. And so the Red Raiders end up taking this one 10 to 2. 12 hits on the day for them to five by the Cowboys. As I said, no errors to the Cowboys four. Red Raiders left 12 aboard, Cowboys only four. As T- Coach Tadlock likes to say, when you leave runners aboard, it's kind of a weird stat because it looks negative, but really it's positive because you had a lot of guys on. So you certainly don't want to leave a bunch aboard and not bring a bunch home. But if you're doing both, then you're probably hitting, you know, three, four, 500 baseball right there. So you come into the Sunday game with a sweep opportunity, and you definitely need it. Other teams did their part. West Virginia lost. There was a tie at second with them, but they lost a game and fell back down. So the Red Raiders had the opportunity to own second place completely with the sweep, knowing that Baylor was going to pound the snot out of TCU, and they certainly did. TCU is just really on the struggle bus right now, as is the University of Texas, which isn't helping Texas Tech's RPI. So on Sunday, you end up with a start from Bryce Bonin. So you may have heard me. I went on the Rob Bro Show this last week, Talk 1340 here in Lubbock, and we talked a lot about the team and what's been going on in college baseball. And we also talked about 
the Sunday starter for the Red Raiders, whether or not Caleb Killian would move back to Saturday, which obviously he did, that kind of puts him back in a normal rhythm, and then who that third starter was going to be. So we saw Micah Dallas go to Friday, and then you had a Sunday change. I didn't feel like Erickson Lanning had performed in a way that I thought they would trust him again with a start right this minute. Maybe you see him in the midweek. There's a two-game midweek coming up with UTRGV. But they gave the ball to Bryce Bonin, and he did an outstanding job for Texas Tech. He turned in four and two-thirds innings pitched, allowed four hits, only one run, but it was not earned. Gave up three walks, but he had eight Ks on the day. So you had lots of strikeouts. If you've been doing the math at home, the Red Raiders on Friday tallied 17 strikeouts, eight for Micah Dallas, six for Dane Havman, three for Ryan Sublette. And then on Saturday, they had another 13, eight for Caleb Killian, four for Taylor Floyd, one for Hunter Dobbins. So you math magicians out there, that means you walked into Sunday, you had 22 runs on the books through two games and 30 strikeouts tossed. So the Red Raiders walk in on Sunday, Bryce Bonner with that start, he gets eight Ks. John McMillan actually earns the win. He improves to one and two on the season. McMillan with three and a third innings pitched, one hit, one run, it was earned, three walks, five Ks. Just a really nice job by John McMillan. He gave up a home run. It was a solo shot while he was pitching, and he did not let it bother him. He got right back down to work and made the pitches that he needed to make. And then Clayton Beater came in at the end. He earned his seventh save of the season. He went one inning pitched. He did have one walk, but he got three Ks in his time. He faced four batters, dropped him down in 26 pitches. So now... You walked in the day with 30 strikeouts on the weekend. You had 16 on Sunday, the second highest single game total of the weekend. So the Red Raiders with 46 strikeouts by Texas Tech pitchers this weekend and their overall total of 27 runs scored against the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who did come in leading the Big 12 Conference. So quite the weekend for Texas Tech. This Sunday game was a little bit more frustrating. Texas Tech was held scoreless through six innings, so they actually went into the seventh down two to nothing to the Cowboys. But in that seventh inning, Cole Stilwell led off wearing a pitch, so he heads up to first base, and then they pinch hit Drew Baker for Parker Kelly, who obviously Parker Kelly started at third, but had struggled, as many had during the, throughout the day. Drew Baker flies out to right field, and then Braxton Fulford doubles through the left side. That advances Cole Stillwell all, all the way around to third. So you have runners on second and third. And then Gabe Holt, once again, single to center field. That's an RBI. That scores Cole Stillwell moves Braxton Fulford over to third. So you end up with runners on the corners. And then it doesn't really matter where they were because Dylan Noisy hits a three-run bomb. Just an absolute no-doubter by him. And that blows the game wide open. So you don't score again the rest of the inning, but you put four up and that's what really matters. And then even more importantly, your pitchers hold Oklahoma State scoreless in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. So in the eighth inning, after two HBPs in a row, puts runners on first and second, Eastern Morrell pinch runs for Cole Stillwell. He's on second base. Braxton Fulford's out at first, but it's a sack bunt moving Drew Baker to second and Morrell to third. And then Gabe Holt walks after a pitching change and all runners advance with a wild pitch and scores Easton Morrell unearned. So you have a couple of strikeouts after that, but had plated the run you needed. So the Red Raiders go into the ninth up 5-2. They take care of business. Clayton Beater gets the save and all is history. So the Red Raiders complete the sweep 
Fantastic job all weekend long by them. Could not be happier with how this team is playing right now. The pitching staff is really, really throwing strikes. Several of them have both their fastball and their secondary pitches working fantastic. Some truly are electric out there. A weekend like this, you use some good arms and you can still tick off others on your hand that are just as good sitting in the pen that didn't make it out this weekend. So I think you feel really good how the Red Raiders stand right now. I'll have a standings update on stakingtheplains.com on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week that'll have all of the rankings throughout the country. But one important thing to know, the Red Raiders RPI has taken a good bump. They moved from 17 up to 12 after this series sweep. So that's definitely positive movement for the Red Raiders. I think they are squarely in the hosting conversation and continue to be. You have to like their chances against TCU at home in that final series, which will be important. I also think that they have pretty good chances on the road against OU. Their midweeks are not incredibly challenging, although we have seen those late midweek games be a struggle. That's why you don't see Dallas Baptist on the schedule right now. However, the Red Raiders have an opportunity. They control their own destiny as far as getting a national seed in the realm of possibility for them. It's certainly not out of that realm. They have a good resume right now. They are 12-9 and against RPI Top 50 teams. If you extend that out to RPI Top 100, they're 21-11 and on the season against those teams. So not a bad resume at all. They have a strong strength of schedule at number 17. That'll continue to fluctuate, move up and down. Some have it as high as five. Non-conference RPI for the Red Raiders has been around three most of the season, and that's a really strong thing to see. You know that they're not playing cupcakes. They've been playing Power 5 teams throughout the season, and that's always helpful when the committee's looking. But Red Raiders have the opportunity. They have the opportunity to, to grab that top eight national seed to be hosting their own regional and super regional if they want to do it. But you can't ask for any more than this. They are getting red hot at the right time of the season. Doesn't matter if you start the season 21 and 0 and then you just drop a bomb in the bed. The important part is that you're playing well now. You got to be playing well late in the season. You got to have everything put together. Your chemistry has to be set. Your rotations and lineups need to have found some consistency. We've seen some big moves, Josh Young moving from third base to shortstop, but guys are really making it happen out there, and I think that's very important for the Red Raiders. Even on a night where it looks like you might have gone cold, they still string together some good at-bats, take advantage of some mistakes, and drop four runs in an inning to ultimately win the game. So it's been a big weekend for Texas Tech. Excited to see what they're going to do on the road against Oklahoma. But before then, they'll be hosting the UT Rio Grande Valley Vaqueros at Dan Law Field at Rip Griffin Park. Those games will be on Tuesday night at 6.30 and then on Wednesday at 2 p.m. The Tuesday game will be on Fox Sports Southwest Plus. So that will be broadcast by Texas Tech Athletics. So you'll hear Robert Giovanetti and Mike Gustafson on the call there. And then the Wednesday game will be on Texas Tech TV. And you can find both those games on the Texas Tech Sports Network, Double T 97.3 in their mobile app. So UTRGV is not a bad team by any means. Please don't underestimate them as you think about who they are. They're 28 and 14 on the season. They're 14 and four in conference. They're 22 and six at home, but only six and eight away. They have played some bigger teams. They took one of three from Oklahoma State in the opening weekend of the season for the Cowboys. They lost a close one in Austin to UT back when UT was red hot in early March. They lost that one only four to three. They've beat some opponents that are kind of on their level in UMass and others like that, Grand Canyon. They took one from Kansas State in Manhattan. That's a tough road trip to make, as the Red Raiders know. They lost one to TCU 
back at the end of March. Overall, a team that has tested itself to some extent within reason and then has played quite a few Big 12 teams, and now they'll be heading to Lubbock. So there was a little bit of a hope through the season. You had John Henry Gonzalez, who's from Edinburgh, and went back to play for UTRGV. That was the transfer we heard about, but I'm not seeing him on their roster. He doesn't have any stats for the team, so I guess he is not playing there, so you won't be facing a former Red Raider pitcher over this two-game midweek series. So UTRGV doesn't have a set midweek starter. In fact, they haven't had a whole lot of midweek games, certainly not two-game midweeks. So following this Texas Tech series, UTRGV will be heading to Las Cruces to play a three-game set with New Mexico State. They are in the WAC. And then they'll head out, out to Bakersfield, California to play CSU Bakersfield. So what this is, this two-game set against Texas Tech, is the beginning of an eight-game road trip for this team that's only played eight games on the road so far this season. So this is going to be a tough test for them. You're going to feel like they're not going to want to burn every pitcher they have against Texas Tech. They haven't had really a set midweek starter, so you've seen a lot of guys kind of jump in and out of that position. They really do go full Johnny Bullpen. As you look up and down at their arms, the guy with the most work is a guy named Travell Hill. He's got a 265 ERA, 74 and two-thirds innings pitch. So you're probably not going to see a guy like that. You're probably not going to see a guy like Jared Cordier, 36 and two-thirds innings pitched. But you probably will see guys like Austin Allerid. He's got a 257 ERA, only seven innings pitched, but has had some appearances in midweeks. He's had five. Abani Garcia is a guy that they've used a little bit. He's had three appearances four and two-thirds innings pitch. And what you're going to see a lot of, Kevin Palm, Connor Dotson, Chase Adams, really kind of the bottom of the bullpen. They'll be pulling out guys for one to two innings and just pushing them through. That's going to get really tough. It's probably going to make for some longer games because if the Red Raiders remain hot over the weekend against conference competition, they batted 500 just with their leadoff batters alone. So if you're putting out you know substandard pitching, the Red Raiders probably are going to tee off on these guys. If they don't, I'm going to be a little bit more nervous. Now, this is a good opportunity for the Red Raider bullpen to get some work as well, especially heading into a road trip. So you may see Coach Tadlock and Gardner do the very same thing. You may see a starter each day that they put in for two, maybe three innings to get them some good starting work. I wouldn't be surprised to see Erickson Lanning in a situation like that. Wouldn't be surprised to see Mason Montgomery, a guy that they want to keep trying to start as well. But I don't think you'll see anybody for too long. Nobody's going complete games in a series like this, especially as you head to OU. Offensively, you have an opportunity to really hold this team down. They only have two guys that are batting over 300. Andy Atwood is batting 320. Anthony Gomez batting 312. Gomez is the hits leader for the team. He has 54 hits on the season. He's got 27 runs scored. Atwood is slugging a 440. Gomez a 422. So they're really unquestionably the offensive leaders. But after that, you drop into the 290s, the 280s. I mean, no one is laughable, but it's certainly not at the elite level of a, a nationally noticed offense as the Red Raiders have been putting up in the last few games. So it's hard for me to look ahead to a game like this and not expect Texas Tech to dominate. I do think you'll see some younger pitching get opportunities. I think you'll see them stay in through some adversity. So they're going to give up some hits and get in some situations and Coach Tadlock and Gardner will keep them in longer to get them some experience there, to get their mental capacity working through those situations. I think you'll see some of that as well. But I wouldn't be too worried. 
as far as what they're going to be able to do to push you. I wouldn't be too worried if you see the Red Raiders get in some down situations or even if they get a loss. It's just at this point in the year, not going to hurt them too badly. It's a midweek. They just don't hurt you as much. It's nothing to worry about. You need to focus on Big 12 play, which I know that's what Coach Tadlock's doing. So before we wrap things up, my voice is just about to give out. I did want to give awards for this weekend. I want to give you a hitter of the series, a pitcher of the series, and a player of the series. So as far as the hitter of the series goes, I've got a tie in my mind, and their numbers aren't exactly the same, but I'll tell you why they're tied. I've got both Gabe Holt, who hit 357 over the weekend, and Dylan Noisy, who hit a smooth 400 over the weekend. Holt was 2-for-5 with two runs scored and a double. On Friday, Noisy was 3-for-5 with two runs scored, two RBI. He had that triple. On Saturday, Holt, two for five with a run and a free pass from an HBP. Noisy, one for five with a run on Saturday. And then Sunday, Holt, one for four with a run and an RBI. He also had a walk. Noisy, two for five with a run, three RBI. He had the home run, and he did steal a base that day. The reason I have them tied in my mind, even though their numbers aren't exactly the same, Dylan Noisy came up with big clutch swings to score runs. Gabe Holt came up with all the clutch swings you could ask for and the walks and the HBPs to be a run scored. I think that we're really undervaluing guys like Braxton Fulford, Cole Stilwell, Gabe Holt, Brian Klein that are willing to get on base as much as they possibly can. They find ways to get on base. Last year for Gabe, that was choking and poking. He did a lot of that last season and advanced around on stolen bases. This season, they've pitched him a little bit differently. He was a huge player last year. He got a lot of publicity and press. He's in the scouting report for sure this season. So he's been pitched differently. He's been approached differently, and he's battled through and found what's working for him, but I think he deserves the credit. Dylan Noisy, big swings. He's got, as I said, he's top 10 in the nation in triples. He's got nine dingers now on the season. He's got a bunch of extra base hits all the way around. Six triples, as I said. He's got six two-baggers for the Red Raiders, nine home runs. He's got 16 stolen bases, second on the team to Gabe Holtz, 22. Noisy's done a good job. He does strike out a little bit more than other players, but he's doing a good job out there swinging the bat. Did a good job this weekend, but I think they're kind of tied for hitter of the series, if you ask me. Now, the pitcher of the series, I'm struggling with this one as I've looked through. Micah Dallas had a great outing. Dane Havman had a great outing in relief, although the game was pretty well in hand. Caleb Killian had another great outing as a starting pitcher going six full. Taylor Floyd was fantastic. As I said, D1 Baseball was raving about him. But for me, and I've done this a couple weeks in a row now, I'm going to give pitcher of the series to John McMillan. He turned in three and a thirds innings pitched when you needed it the most. It was one hit, one run baseball. He did give up the three walks, but he got five Ks. He worked his way out of trouble. He did what he needed to do out there for the Red Raiders. He gets the win on the day. So he was there pitching the pitches that were most important for Texas Tech. Last Thursday against the Baylor Bears, it was John McMillan's outing that made it possible for Texas Tech to stage the comeback that they did. Now you look at that schedule and you wish they could have completed that comeback, but it was still a defining moment, a turning point for this team, it looks like. That was a big one by John McMillan. This one is too. He has had several strong outings in a row, starting to grow in confidence for him. I hope he's growing in confidence as well and sees how valuable he can be for this team coming out of the bullpen as a reliable multi-inning reliever. So Gabe Holt and Dylan Noisy, co-hitters of the series, John McMillan, the pitcher of the series and the player of the series, probably not a big surprise. That one's going to go to Josh Young. Josh Young was 
named the Big 12 Player of the Week for the third time in his career. He's hitting 365 in April with five dingers, 22 ribbies. Over this last week, Josh Young hit a 583, two dingers, two doubles, eight ribbies, and he drew seven walks. So his Friday stat line was two for three with four RBI, two runs scored, the home run, two walks. On Saturday, he was three for three, three runs, two RBI, the double, another home run, and two walks. And then Sunday, Josh Young did not produce well at the plate. He was 0 for 2 on the day. He just couldn't get things going. He had a lot of Red Raiders that struggled at the plate on Sunday. However, he also drew two walks. So once again, he got out there, and he got on base, and he did what he could do to help his team. And I appreciate that because guys generally of that caliber – they don't have the mindset of getting up there and getting on base. They have the mindset of getting up there and padding stats or working for themselves or impressing scouts or whatever. We know that Josh Young's not that kind of kid, but it's evident when you see something like that, taking the walks rather than aggressively swinging the bat. So proud of him, excited that he's found his stroke, that he's doing the things out there he needs to do. That's what Texas Tech needed. That's what the Red Raiders needed to see from all of these guys was just to start putting it all together together at the same time, you've seen Cameron Warren with power. You've seen Josh Young start to improve. You've seen Brian Klein be super reliable. You've seen Dylan Noisy hit clutch with power. You've seen Gabe Holt work his way through his struggles and now blow it up on the other side. That really started for him at West Virginia. But man, seeing them all together, you realize this lineup can push any pitcher out of a game early, especially when they're hitting in the leadoff as they have been. They have been so strong. So hope that continues. Look forward to seeing this UTRGV Vaqueros series. Should be a fun one. The Red Raiders will head to Norman, Oklahoma to face the Sooners this coming weekend. I'll have a preview in your feed as soon as I can. I have some work travel on Wednesday, so may have to get that one ready for you a little bit early. But that one should be in your feed on Thursday. Those Oklahoma games, the Friday game will be at 6.30. That'll be on Fox College Sports. The Saturday game will be at 2 p.m. It is untelevised. And the Sunday game at 1 p.m. will be on ESPNU. You can find all those on Double T 97.3 and their mobile app. Well, that's going to do it for me, folks. Looking forward to getting to watch some baseball. Try to put this sore throat behind me and start to enjoy what's going on with this team. It's going to be a fun few weeks here as we drive towards Memorial Day weekend, and I think we're going to see the Red Raiders continue to step forward. A lot of national guys are taking notice. Kendall Rogers was tweeting at me that he's been waiting for Texas Tech to turn this corner, and they talked about it on their podcast as well. It's about time, but as I said, it matters how you're playing at the end of the season. Doesn't mean diddly squat if you start 21-0. The Red Raiders started last season really strong early against not quite the same competition they've played this year, and that didn't mean anything once you got into the difficult part of the Big 12. So really matters how you're playing late, how you'll be ready to play for tournament time, and certainly grabbing those hosting spots is very important. So Texas Tech is in the mix, my friends. It is going to be a lot of fun. Well, that's going to do it for me, folks. I hope you enjoy your week. Try to get out there and watch the Red Raiders play UT Rio Grande Valley. Maybe make the trip to Norman if you want to go out into the hostile environment there. And then the Red Raiders will be back home playing FIU in a doubleheader next Tuesday. So if I don't see you at Dan Lawfield at Rip Griffin Park, I'm sure I'll talk to you before then. Please follow on Twitter, engage on Facebook. Looking forward to seeing the comments when we post things. Always enjoy engaging with you folks. Welcome to all the new ones that have come in. I've seen new states coming in, new metro areas coming on board as folks are finding the podcast. Please tell your friends, and we appreciate your support for the Dinger Derby podcast. So I'm Keith Patrick, your host. 
I've enjoyed talking to you. Looking forward to seeing you at the ballpark. And until then, wreck them. Thanks for tuning in to Dinger Derby and sharing our love for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. You can connect with Keith on Twitter at Dinger underscore Derby and find more Texas Tech sports content at stakingtheplains.com. Help us out by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Keith will be back next week with another episode of Dinger Derby. And until then, wreck of tech. Keep your hand on your gun. Don't you trust anyone. There's just one kind of man that you can trust. That's a dead man or a gringo like me. Be the first one to fire. Every man is a liar. There's just one kind of man who tells the truth. That's a dead man or a gringo like me.